This episode of How To Wrestling was brought to you by our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling. And before we get into an instructional guide for all of you maybe hoping to watch WrestleMania for the first time or show your friends and loved ones WrestleMania for the first time, I want to give a quick shout out to Jose de Gracia, one of our longtime buddies and fans of the podcast. He's written a book called Extremis. It's a sci-fi novel about a group of ninja cyborgs protecting the world from demons. What more can you want? And he set up a Kickstarter to help with the cost of editing. Jose is a full-time teacher, wrestler, and a new father, so help him out if you can by going to Kickstarter and search for Extremist. That's X-T-R-E-M-I-S. Check it out. There are some extracts available. It is a fabulous read and an absolute wild time. But for now, settle back and enjoy this. It is time for the WrestleMania 35 Primer episode. Hello there, you intrepid traveler, you who's decided that you're going to watch the granddaddy of them all, Wrestling Super Bowl, and one of the biggest sporting, brackets, entertainment events of the year. Yes, it's time once again for WrestleMania, and you know your friends at How To Wrestling have got your back. If you want to introduce wrestling to a pal or a loved one, and you don't want them to be completely clueless going into this Sunday, well, we're here with a WrestleMania 35 primer. Hello everyone, it's me, Cowboy Kevin Mann joined as I am in this tool to be used for good or evil by my better half, Joe Graham. Hello. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm excited because it is time for WrestleMania, the one time of a year where I can get excited for watching something that is... Seven and a half hours long, baby! Seven and a half. Yeah! Ugh. I will say at the start, we said it with our primer last year... Plan accordingly. Now, if you're in the United Kingdom, right, and if you think you know, if you're if you're an adult and you've got this figured out, skip forward ten minutes. But if you need some hardcore strategy to deal with this, we're about to lay it on you right now. Joe, how are we going to deal with this ridiculous time difference and not lose ourselves in the realms of time? Well, we personally are probably going to completely readjust our sleeping schedules so that it doesn't completely mess up our routine. But for most people, they can't do that. Sometimes, you know, you've got you've got to book off the, maybe the day of work on a Monday so you can actually stay up and watch WrestleMania. Sometimes, you know, it's necessary to book time off in, in advance. But I think for us, the main thing that we do to prepare for the epic can't believe it's going to be seven and a half hours long this year, WrestleMania, <laughs> is we plan our food very carefully. Aha, so that means not only addition to on Saturday going to bed at an unreasonably late time, stay up and watch an NXT show or something like that. There'll be loads of great wrestling on that weekend. It's a great excuse to stay up really late the night before. Yeah, perhaps you could build a fort cushion, a cushion fort, or, or a banker's wigwam, something like that. You could make any sort of a, of a ways to uh, stay up very, very late and feel like you're six years old doing something that you shouldn't do. But guess what? You're an adult now, so you can do what you want. Even if you shouldn't stay up and watch WrestleMania anyway. I would advise strongly to not attempt to go into work on a day after WrestleMania. Oh God, some people actually do that and I think it's, re- oh, why would you do it to yourself? Uh, the, Exhausting. The, the why is secondary to the how in God's name for me. Like. like this WrestleMania is going to be as long as like the average working day. <laughs> why would you do it to yourself? Why would you go through that and then get like two hours of sleep followed by an actual working day. I will point out as well that WWE, if you're listening to this and you're, you're somebody just uh, come into this out of the blue because you've heard all the news about WWE and their lax labour laws and you think, I want to watch that granddaddy of them all. Uh, yet WWE, even though it's a full working day, seven and a half hours, you will not be entitled to any breaks along the way. You will not get a, a chance to go to the toilet. You will not have a chance for a one hour lunch break or every three hours a 15 minute little bit of a sus. Not allowed. Yeah, you think Avengers Endgame is bad with over three hours. Yeah, WrestleMania is here to ruin everything. But, Jesus. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love WrestleMania, but it's so long. It's long, which means you've got to plan, okay? You do have to plan. We're not spending WrestleMania this year at home, which is is new for us. Yeah, we're we're being hosted by our friend Billy. So normally, Kevin does a huge batch of cooking beforehand, and then we are very well prepared, food-wise, for our WrestleMania. But this year, I think we have to plan even more carefully. Yeah, I think so, because it's, it's... It's easy to convince oneself, particularly if you've been watching wrestling a long time, that, hey, it's a pay-per-view, I'm going to stay up, I'm going to have a few snacks. I used to do that all the time, when pay-per-views were three hours long. 
Three hours of snacking in the middle of the night is okay. A seven and a half hour protracted snacking, you got to be careful. You're talking about, you're entering like gaming marathon sessions mm. here where you need to consider carefully, have you had fresh fruit as one of your snacks? Have you got some vegetables out there? Will you be able to physically go to the toilet a year after this? Because <laughs> the thing about staying up for WrestleMania is it sometimes isn't even a good show. Now, I don't want to put anyone off who's listening to this. You know, this might be your first WrestleMania. Now, I am confident this year is going to be great. It looks like a great show, yeah. I'm so excited for some of these matches. I think it's going to be fantastic. But, you know, they aren't always great. And sometimes you get the occasional match, which is a bit dull. And you might find yourself slowly dozing off, which is why it's, again, so important to pace yourself. Yeah, the the energy has to be be very, very carefully conserved. And this year, we've got a women's main event. I've got to stay up. Yeah. Full, seven and a half hours. Hours to represent my gender. You can be like, mm, you know what? I'm a little bit sleepy, and I'm Fake also feminist. I'm a bad feminist, so I'm going to go to bed now. And I I know I like to support women, but I'm sleepy. <laughs> yeah, so it, you got to be careful. And much like if you're going to show someone like Mark Corrigan das boot on a hot date, you got to be careful. If you're bringing someone around to watch wrestling for the first time, prepare them. No one wants to find out by surprise that they're going to be up until half five in the morning okay so you got to prepare which means that you're not going to be having your dinner at a regular time i suggest a very large meal perhaps i mean over here in the uk wrestlemania will be starting with the pre-show at 10 p.m you're talking about 4 p.m pacific time you do the math in the rest of the world to figure it out but you're going to want to have a larger meal beforehand there so you can rest and digest and then you want to maybe break into some snacks after that pre-show is over see i disagree with the big meal because i think if you have the big meal you get sleepy oh that's true so you might you I want to be careful what that meal is, I guess. I mean, because yeah. a big meal for some people might be a roast. That Yeah, that's true. And I would definitely be asleep after a big roast. I know WrestleMania is on a Sunday. Yeah. And that typically means gravy has to come alongside Ooh. it. But WrestleMania and gravy rarely mix. Like It's hard to eat gravy in front of the WrestleMania. <laughs> so what we would suggest, now if you are watching for the very, very first time, Ever, or you're showing someone for the very first time ever. That pre-show that starts off at 10 p.m. There are going to be a lot of matches on that pre-show and a lot of hype and all that. But it is worth bearing in mind during that pre-show, which is two hours this year. Wow, it's a two-hour pre-show. The first hour of it, at least, you can expect maybe only one match. It will be a match that's probably they're going to be putting less stock into, and there'll be a lot of video packages. And a lot of these video packages that they play in the pre-show tend to be the video packages that they used. To hype you up later on so in the last few years i've watched all the pre-shows and i've watched these video packages and i got all amped up and then it's four in the morning and it's like the main event is coming up in a bit and they show me the same video and it doesn't Mm -hmm. so i would say if you're planning to watch the pre-show be a bit fast and loose you know maybe have some chats with your friends don't be like watching it laser focused because you could spoil it for yourself a little bit later that is definitely good advice i think the pre-show is definitely worth watching especially because oftentimes you get wrestlers who aren't given the opportunities that they actually deserve and maybe they do deserve an actual wrestlemania match but they haven't been given that opportunity so Mm. they're instead put in the pre-show and sometimes some of the best matches of the night are in the pre-show absolutely i mean they always try and steal the show in the pre-show if they can like but you're totally on the money with not paying full attention to all of it listeners you will find there are so many segments in wrestlemania which are just recaps of storylines and And repeats and that's really (laughs) useful it's really really handy if you're not familiar with the storyline but for fans that have been watching on a kind of weekly basis it can get a bit tiresome yeah and no one needs to watch the same four minute hypo package twice within a few hours you know that's that's definitely not so maybe use that two hour time to either a establish a twitter presence and see what you want to be talking about or b talk to the people in your wrestlemania party and try and be a little bit social for the first two hours at least or you can start putting together some snacks for later on in the wrestlemania Oh, that's a very, very smart idea, isn't it? I'm just snack obsessed. I mean, I'm I'm snack obsessed, but I'm also as well bearing in mind toilet breaks in wrestling. Very considerate. I heard it was a great tweet the other day from L. Collins where they said that if you're watching a superhero movie and it's like three or four hours long and you want to know when to go have a wee. It's after the big battle because then there's going to be like, you know, at least 25 minutes of people looking pensive out of windows. Specifically after the big battle where the heroes lose. Where they lose, yeah. So if there is a big, big match and WWE tend to try and have a big match and then have like your little smaller ones after that, you chance are you'll have a lot of replays, you'll have a recap package, you'll have some ads. So you'll get around five to ten minutes between a big match and the next one. So 
you can run off and get yourself a quick Wii in those times. So on that beloved pre-show, we have three matches which are scheduled already to take place. We have two battle royales. Firstly, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, which is there for all the wrestlers who maybe have not managed to find themselves a main spot on the card or a main feud that gets focused on a singles match or a tag match or whatever. So you've got kind of a Bassett's all sorts in there of, <laughs> of licorice wrestlers in tag teams with no real direction or people who maybe just the stars haven't aligned for them. I mean, this year, once again, Braun Strowman, who's a big star. Oh my God, I forgot he's about Braun Strowman. Yeah, he's in there. Poor Braun. Along with some stars of Saturday Night Live in there as well. But this is usually just an excuse to get a lot of people in there. And honestly... There's been a few fun moments in these battle royales, but it is just there as more of a spectacle. You're you're gonna that's a soft entry into wrestling. This might be the time as well to turn over and tell your compatriots who maybe haven't watched a lot of wrestling before that it's not like this normally and actual wrestling will take place. Yeah, don't be surprised if your first battle royale is a very confusing, slightly stressful time. Yeah, and the rules of a battle royale, Joe, how does one eliminate someone from a battle royale? How do you win? So you have to eliminate people by throwing them over the top rope and then it's the last person in the ring wins and if you win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale you get invited to a private screening of the Princess Bride with the ghost of Andre the Giant and a life-size statue of Andre the Giant as well which you have to carry around with you all year it's massive it's so silly how big it is does it still look like it's made of chocolate it looks like it's yeah it's it's made out of chocolate or cheese that has been kind of left out in display for too long it's got that kind of shine to it you know (laughs) Joe Joe's worked in a cheesemonger. She knows what I'm talking yeah, about here. sweaty cheese. And because we're all about equality here in wrestling, the women get a slightly pointless battle royale as well. Yay. This is the women's battle royale because the lady that they named it after <laughs> was uh, kind of embedded in a bit of a prostitution scandal and uh, all sorts of horrible things. So it's not named after she who must not be named. It's just the women's battle royale now. And again, you're going to find a lot of women in there who unfortunately have not managed to find themselves into a main event or into a featured match. Now, with the women's match, Battle Royale, there's a couple of people in there like Asuka and Naomi who are really exciting names who, honestly, those are the type of people who I would be pointing people who've not watched wrestling before and say, look at Naomi and Asuka, they're super awesome. So I hope at least in the Women's Battle Royale you'll get to see a little bit of a taste why the women's division has gotten so special in the last year. Yeah, I really hope so. There's so many women in that match who are deserving of their own match at WrestleMania, but Mm. at seven and a half hours long, you can't sadly fit everyone. And Asuka and Naomi are definitely two to to keep an eye out for. And also they're really easy to spot because they're both very colourful. Yes, that's true. Yeah, the (laughs) wildest outfits of the night. And that's a great thing about WrestleMania as well. Uh, One of the first things that Joe, when she started watching clocked onto was the similarities between wrestling and particularly Wrestlemania and the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, it's great. Yeah, some of the things you can look forward to in Wrestlemania are ridiculous outfits. Sometimes you get some dancing. You get beautiful entrances with sometimes live bands. I mean, in fact, Joan Jett is going to be there, I yeah, think. Yeah, playing Bad Reputation for Ronda Rousey. It is a proper, it's a, it's a showcase and it's a bit of a theatrical performance is Wrestlemania. I'd say wrestling overall is that way inclined anyway. Yeah. But because WrestleMania is the Christmas of wrestling, it's an opportunity for everyone to don their greatest robes, be carried out by men carrying a throne <laughs> or come out on a tank. I'm trying to think of various other interesting entrances we've had over the years. Come out on lots of motorbikes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Triple H this year. I wonder what his entrance will be like. That's the thing, right? Is that sometimes these entrances are an actual spectacle. But much like the Eurovision Song Contest, sometimes it's like... Ooh, someone doesn't like the Bulgarian team, like because they've really not done a good job on those sequined gowns. They look proper rinky dink. Who did they piss off in costume? Like, and you'll get a few of that. Like last year when Alexa Bliss came out with her bad crown and just looked a little bit like my mum made my Halloween costume and I hate her now. Aww. So yeah, definitely one to watch out for as well. And as well, the uh, incredibly uterine trophy that you win if you win the Women's Battle Royale. It's terrible. I mean, I'd rather have that personally than, uh, you know, a trophy of she who must not be named because that would probably be haunted and come back to life. What's wrong with just a trophy? I mean, they would say it is just a trophy. But make it like a nice, interesting trophy. It doesn't have to be like... curves. doesn't have to have curves, though. Do you remember what it looks like? Yes, I do. It looks like a uterus. (laughs) Uh, It it does, yeah. It's got ovaries and everything. It doesn't need to look like a uterus. 
I mean, all I'll say is if you're going to have that look like a uterus, have the, have the one be a replica of Andre the Giant's penis. Like, that's the only way that we're getting... I mean, I want there to be true equality here. Now. I don't want to think of genitals in my wrestling. <laughs> it's Rarely do you want to be thinking about them in wrestling, like, yeah. you know, but there we go. Also on the pre-show as well, the 205 Live, the Cruiserweight Championship. This is the faster-paced contest for those who are under the £205 weight limit. It is very much a C or even a D show, kind of an after thought sometimes for WWE but 205 Live we did a whole episode about it with Justine Colla aka Pasta Salsa and if you are someone who's even a wrestling fan and you don't know much about 205 Live I'd suggest checking that episode out because Tony Nese and Buddy Murphy even if you're not very invested in their story or them individually as people I guarantee you they will put on a show stealing match absolutely the stuff from 205 Live is always very exciting to see as well so moving on to the main card and we only have 12 matches <laughs> here after that you know so now things to point out right if you're showing this to you know, a new fan and they're going to be watching it and they're like oh I've heard about that John Cena I watched Blockers and he was fabulous in it will he be here on the show or I like that Undertaker I saw him crucify someone once in 1999. No new fan likes The Undertaker. Are you kidding me, Joe? No, I'm not kidding you. All right, I'll say for those of you at home who may be introducing wrestling to someone new, if you go, by the way, there is a zombie cowboy mortician who happens to show up every time of year around this yeah, time. But... Do you think they might go, ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and then they'll see The Undertaker, an old man in a hat, who doesn't do any magic and doesn't even look like a zombie and oh, doesn't man. even come out on a motorbike. I know, that hat though, that's some hat though. Come on now, Joe, don't be denigrating the hat. He looks like a ham with a wig on it. So you may see him. And you may see John Cena. I would almost guarantee you will see John Cena for definite. So there are names at WrestleMania who will be there, but they've not been announced for matches. And this is something they're trying to do every year now at WrestleMania, is they're trying to do the big surprise. We had, like, the Hardy Boys return the other year. You know, they're trying to try and, like, have a big wah moment like that. So we may get one or two of those. Also scheduled is Elias to perform his acoustic set in MetLife Stadium. How would you describe Elias for, for those who've not watched wrestling? He's like a drifter musician. Mm, a troubadour, if you will. Oh, yeah, troubadour, yeah. That's I love accurate that word, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I know that word because of Gilmore Girls, not because I'm intelligent. <laughs> hey, you can be both. <laughs> can I? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> so, yes, also as well, we have a host for WrestleMania. The WrestleMania host is Alexa Bliss, who is a very, very entertaining figure. She is meant to be kind of like a bad guy, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. So she's the host of the show, and she's like her character is that she's a little bit kind of self-centered, a bit of an egotist. So I'm sure there'll be lots of fun to be had with that as well. So there's a lot of kind of set dressing going around WrestleMania. And in between the matches, you will get all sorts from backstage skits to you know long videos about charity work and things like that it is a bit of a showcase for WWE to show off how how great they think they are yeah definitely and after the last week tonight piece I wouldn't be surprised if they're doubling down on that yeah in fact this year this Wrestlemania we might actually have even more new fans to the scene because of the John Oliver segment yeah what with their arms folded like what is know, this shit you know where are their health insurance simple they don't have any like you know it's uh, <laughs> it, I mean anyone who's, who's watching this Wrestlemania out of a kind of a morbid curiosity because of the piece from last week tonight I, I'll say that most wrestling fans most sensible wrestling fans are of the same opinion, which is one, wrestling is better than the thing that you like, because mm. wrestling is fabulous, mm. but also as well, the employment status is very, very troubled, and I don't know if we're going to see any sort of coordinated chance. I'd be very surprised if we didn't see at least one or two badass signs or really eye-catching like banners and stuff like that. I hope there is some sort of a an echo, some, some reverberation is felt from that. I hope so. Yeah, me too. So, coming up first, these are in no particular order. All we know is that the main event for Definite is going to be Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. And that is for both the Raw and the SmackDown Women's Championships. And so, the main event in WrestleMania mm. comes at the end of the show, doesn't it? Yes, definitely at the end of the show. So, you have to wait through all the rest of the show to get to the main event. Yeah, which can be very difficult. Back in the day when you had a three-hour WrestleMania, everyone wanted to be in that main event slot because it all built up to that. The last few years, the main event has actually struggled more often than not to actually keep the audience in the building. Most people just start trying to beat traffic. Mm. And you can't really blame them. Even sitting at home, it's hard to stay energised for all that. 
But that being said, there's not been a main event in WrestleMania since you and I have been watching that has had the attention of the fans quite like this. How would you describe Ronda Rousey for someone who maybe is living under a rock and doesn't know who she is? <laughs> hmm, Ronda Rousey. Well, she was one of the most famous MMA fighters ever. Past tense. Oh, Joe oh. Graham's calling out Ronda Rousey. I mean, she probably is still the most famous women's yeah, MMA fighter even if so. even if she's not an active MMA fighter anymore she retired so she's now a pro wrestler she's been with the WWE for about a year now just a, a year last year at WrestleMania that was her debut yeah. and we're all like what's it gonna be like and she's not a nice person as we discussed many many times on this podcast we have talked at length about Ronda Rousey's problematic views yeah I mean if you deny that Sandy Hook happened and you're a transphobe chances are you're not going to get a lot of love from this corner of the internet no (laughs) rightly so but she has come quite a long way as a wrestler Oh yeah, she's she is a fabulous wrestler. Like that that can't be denied. And even though many rightfully hate her, I am really excited for her to be in this match with Becky and Charlotte. Mm, it's going to be exciting because say what you will about Ronda Rousey, she gets a reaction from the crowd and if you can separate the person from the performer and the performance, well then you're going to enjoy yourself a lot because the performance is always really just engaging. She wrestles like it's, I don't want to say like it's real, but she wrestles with kind of an urgency, like it's a, a fight that's happening, and it's very refreshing to watch. She's taking on Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is the daughter of the nature boy Ric Flair, who's the most decorated wrestler of all time, 16-time world champion, and Charlotte is blazing her own trail and is an absolutely fabulous performer. Also, as well, she is probably one of the most hated characters in wrestling at the moment. Yeah, people really don't like her right now. The story is that because Charlotte is kind of like, you know, she's the statuesque blonde, she calls herself the queen, she's got a proven track record, and she's got deep roots in wrestling. She's like the chosen one. The cor- In kayfabe, in the story of wrestling, she is the chosen corporate champion, and they want her because she's a good look for the company. Like, mm. And then we've got Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is Adam Dumb. It's Misha on fire. Now, Becky calls herself the man. What does that mean in the context of wrestling, Joe? Oh, it means that she's she's the main person. That's the best way I can think to explain it because it's not about gender. Yeah. It's about being the best. Mm. Now, it's a different conversation, I think, to discuss whether or not the best is inherently associated with the phrase the man. But within the context of Becky Lynch's character, for her, the man means overcoming all other obstacles and being the ultimate best and Becky Lynch is a character in wrestling who's had one of those very long and natural stories where she wasn't a main eventer or featured very heavily she kind of struggled and floundered and got overlooked for many years and fans kind of had this groundswell of support for her and it was one of those moments in wrestling where everything seemed to collide perfectly when the groundswell of we want Becky to have a chance happened where she just did a big character change and she is one of the most talked about people in wrestling right now and and she knows how to make people pay attention to her angle. And I think it's because of Becky Lynch, first and foremost, that these women are in the main event, Absolutely. even though Ronda Rousey is a massive name in her own right. According to the WWE, she's the top merch seller wow. at the moment. And she sold the most pop vinyl figures last month as well, which two, is big. Two massive accomplishments. Yeah, and two massive paychecks as well, yeah, I imagine. Good for her. So, some other matches that we have on the card. We have got some tag team action for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. You have a raw SmackDown version of the women's and the tag belts. That's because we've got two brands in wrestling, because there is too much wrestling for you to possibly enjoy. We've got the Usos taking on Ricochet and Aleister Black, The Bar, Cesaro and Sheamus, and Shinsuke and Rusev. Joe, give me a little taste of who the Usos are and a little bit about Ricochet and Aleister Black. Well, Ricochet and Alistair Black are both from NXT. Ricochet, how would I describe him? He kind of can fly. Um, <laughs> like legitimately? <laughs> like, legitimately. Yeah. Uh, he, he does like flips and jumps and jumping flips and flip de doos and they're all so ridiculously spectacular that he honestly just seems like he can fly. He may be CGI. Yeah. I, I have not been able to disprove mm. that yet. I've never seen him in the flesh, have you? Uh, no, I've, well, no, we actually have. Oh, wait, no, we have. That being said, who's to say, Joe? Exactly. I didn't touch that, him. Uh, they, exactly, we didn't touch him, and who's to say they didn't have, if they can bring Frank Zappa back, exactly. you know? I mean, Anything. I'm just saying, Roy Orbson, Ricochet could also be a hologram. I don't know, could be, could be. <laughs> and then, of course, we got his tag partner, is Alistair Black. So Alistair Black is like a goth 
type character. Again, from NXT, again, a fantastic wrestler. You can spot him from his ridiculously cool tattoo on his back of like a... What, what is it of? Oh, it's like it a Medusa? Japanese demon type yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's very like colourful, striking and... A green snake lady type it's, thing. I mean, I'm not a fan of tattoos. No, but like, it, it's very cool. He's one of the most eye-catching, like visually appealing wrestlers ever. He's from Amsterdam and not only is his look striking, a wink, he's also known for his incredible strikes. And maybe, yeah, you want to be showing this to your friends who think that wrestling is all soft, fake punches. Watch Alistair Black, the striking man from Amsterdam. Make your your friends go how do you do that <laughs> look at the usos as well again how do you describe the usos i mean at the moment they're playing sort of bad boys mm. their the whole thing is the uso penitentiary for kind of like an urban vibe to their yeah. character yeah they're twins the usos they're, yeah they're as well. twins they're, they're samoan twins they're kind of edgy both terrifying but also incredibly charismatic and charming depending on if they're being good guys or bad guys mm. which they can kind of flip between the two Unlike any other tag team can. They are some of the hardest workers in WWE as well. So you've a good chance of seeing the show being stealing by these guys here. Because the people who they're in there against as well. You've got Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Two perennial favourites here at How To Wrestling. And one of my all-time favourite tag teams. The Bar, which is Cesaro and Sheamus. Who I have to like because he's Irish. And because Cesaro is Swiss and neutral. I also feel very inclined to like him as well. He's just so likeable. And both of those, I mean everyone in that match is spectacular in their own right this is one of the matches I'm most excited for I think and that's the great thing about Wrestlemania is that sometimes the matches which you know this is four teams just kind of thrown here you know and two of these teams are two sets of guys who've just been kind of put together for the sake of it but they're not going to view that as being like, oh, I'm not in the good match. These are all guys who are going to go out and kick ass as a result of that and do yeah. their best. And it's going to be amazing. We have also got one of the most anticipated championship matches of all time. As my boy, Daniel Bryan, takes on everyone's boy and mine, my absolute fave at the moment, Kofi Kingston. This is a fairy tale story in the making. Joe, before we get into Kofi's meteoric rise, Daniel Bryan as he stands right now, I feel is one of the best characters mm. in WWE. Who is this man? So Daniel Bryan, I think he's going to be new fan favourite. <laughs> if you've not seen any wrestling or not seen much wrestling, I think Daniel Bryan is one that will instantly appeal to new fans because it's so clear what he's about. He's a vegan. He's about saving the planet. He's about protecting animals. He, You will spot him from his big bushy beard and his cardigans. He's, so is he going to be a real soft, cuddly type character? <laughs> he's like, I love the planet and stuff, right? No, he's a little prick, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> uh, a few months ago, he came to a WWE show where they were selling a burger and then he just kicked the stall up and started smashing things and throwing t-shirts around. He hates processed meat almost as much as he hates those who eat processed meat. Yeah, exactly. He's always accompanied by a big fellow called Eric Rowan. Keep an eye out for his championship belt, which is made of hemp. Yeah, it's made out of hemp and entirely renewable materials. Like driftwood. And- it's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's basically gotten rid of the old leather and gold belt because it was unsustainable. It's now been replaced by this completely composite with like nice coloured gemstones it's fabulous it's also a really nice looking belt so he's one of those guys that even though he's a bad guy he's so entertaining to watch and I think he's someone that if you're going to show wrestling to someone he's a great character because he's either going to rile up someone who's never seen wrestling before thinking this guy thinks he's better than me or you might actually go yeah I do want the planet to be saved and sea levels to stop rising catastrophically go Daniel Bryan yay <laughs> Now, the man he's taking on is been in WWE for 11 years, and yet this is the first time he's ever had a singles match for the WWE Championship. Which, to, again, to new fans, that might not seem... Like, why is that a big deal? Well, to be employed for 11 years by WWE is in itself a big deal. Chances are in wrestling, if you're employed for... For that length of time, you're usually a very, very big name like a John Cena or a Randy Orton or somewhat. If you're someone who's maybe towards the middle of the card, as Kofi Kingston has found himself most of his career, they usually have a three or four year career, then they go away from it, maybe they come back. and It's 11 years to be at a certain level, and Kofi's level, he had a massive ceiling over him. He was kept in this middle zone for so long, to the point where I think people thought that he never would have a chance to the point where him getting a chance has become the most magical story ever that has managed to effortlessly weave in stories about 
racial prejudice in WWE, about preconceived notions about what a star is meant to be, about friendship, about love between friends. About black excellence. It's all of these things and more. And WWE has never managed to actually do anything remotely like sensitive subject like this without just fucking smashing with a hammer particularly if the chairman of the board and highlight of the John Oliver piece Vince McMahon is one of the central characters in this Vince McMahon who's very much owning the I have historically not been a fan of black wrestlers he has owned this as part of this story now where he's like Kofi people like you don't get championship opportunities because you're not really championship material you know Ooh, and it's, it makes me shudder it does and you have Kofi Kingston not responding with you know indignation but responding with kind of the solemnness and his friends kind of and the fans gathering around him to give him this energy and you know what it's WWE so anything can happen you know and we've had a you know Wrestlemania main event in the past where we had a similar setup with a, a deserving black challenger who racial stuff was brought up in the promos and in the storyline and then he just got beaten really resolutely and it was the most shocking sad thing ever I won't say I'll guarantee that Kofi's going to win, but I'll guarantee this is going to be a very goosebump-inducing, nail-biting moment. If Kofi doesn't win, I riot. (laughs) So I will say is that, you know, I said earlier in the pre-show, get your dual screening on, get your snacks on, eat all your noisy crisps and all that, but for the sake of those who followed Kofi's career for the last 11 years, or even for the last year, or even the last few weeks, you're going to be invested. So for their sake... Let him focus on this match because it's going to be a fucking big one. And I'm very excited. Also as well on the card, we have got Roman Reigns taking on Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, the Scottish psychopath, a big scary man indeed. And he's focused his attention on Roman Reigns, who's returned recently, Joe, from a lengthy absence. Yeah, he got diagnosed with leukemia sometime last year. And he's been away recovering and healing in that time and looking after himself. And he made his big return last month. And he's looking very, very well. And we're very happy to have him back. I missed Roman so much. Now, in that John Oliver piece, there was a lot of chat about uh, the off-cuff joke where John Oliver said he looked like a paedophile running because his hair is always wet. Yeah, he said his wet hair makes him look like a paedophile on a jog. Bad, bad joke. It's tasteless. I mean, I think what it was perhaps the focus of that segment was the fact that, you know, fans oftentimes let the WWE know who they don't like. And for the last four years, the person who they've been letting WWE know who they don't like has been... Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, yeah. This time last year, we had a catastrophically poor main event involving Roman and Brock Lesnar as the fans just turned on it en masse and just wouldn't stop booing the whole time. Roman being away, and I think the reality of this situation and the fact that it's allowed people to see Roman as a human being and not this fucking concept that's been pushed so hard has finally allowed, I think, Roman and the fans to kind of appreciate each other a little bit more. And I'm really excited for this match because I think Roman has deserved this since his his return, a big featured match where the spotlight can be on him. And I'm so happy that he's back. And yeah, Roman Reigns is going to beat the fuck out of Drew McIntyre just like he beat up Leukemia's ass as well. Yay! Also on the card as well, we've got Bobby Lashley taking on Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. Finn Balor, also from Ireland, he has got a dual persona and we may see this persona come out. Now, three or four years ago, this might have seemed like the coolest thing ever, but they did a little bit on the wrestling show before this. They ruined it. He went, (sighs) what is Finn Balor potentially coming out as? The demon. What is the demon, Joe? It's when Finn Balor puts on some dreadlocks and makes his face look a bit like he's painted on it like a demon you don't understand joe we've got demons and sometimes those demons those demons make me culturally appropriate dreadlocks and put them on me head and i go and it's mad awkward it's mad awkward the demon used to be cool but then a way back finn balor was going to fight a guy called Bray Wyatt. And um, Ah, then there was this whole match they were going to have and the angle to it was ridiculous and and Finn Balor came out as the demon and it was all a bit silly. And then mumps happened, so the match didn't even end up (laughs) happening. But ever since then, I've just... 
the demon leaves a poor taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for elements of the fantastique spelled with a PH like Garth Marenghi would. I'm all for that in my wrestling. I like when there's a little bit of, like, ooh, supernatural. But I must admit, in the current form in 2019, where we have a little bit more realism in our wrestling, it is a little bit silly when a man comes out dressed up in face paint. That being said, it could be just the thing that makes your new fan who's watching go, whoa, this guy's all dressed up. I mean, he's painted up head to toe. It's going to look like a, a, the damnedest thing. Yeah. I just wish that they'd make it look different now. Because it mm. used to be, right, listeners are home. If you've not been watching wrestling for long, you might not know this, but the demon originally came out in many different forms. And Finn Balor would hire these amazing artists to design different variants of this demon design on his front and his back and his face. It's often like inspired by stuff like Venom and Carnage from mm. the Marvel comics and stuff. But it meant that week on week, if you saw the demon, it was going to be a different design each time. Yeah. Whereas in the last few years, the demon has just been one design. And honestly, I'm bored of it. They've they've locked it away for ages. I think if he's going to bring the demon back out, I feel so silly talking about the demon as if it's like a third person. But if he's going to release the demon, I want it to be... <laughs> uh, Joe, did you just say, release the demon? <laughs> yes. I think they need to redesign the demon. I think the reason why the demon doesn't go through a monthly change as it may have once had is that the demon also is one of the hottest selling toys that they have. So a bit of consistency with the demon. Or you could just release lots of demon figures. Yeah, or have customizable demons. Give the demon a rebrand. But the demon will be taking on a much larger gentleman. We're talking about the specimen himself, the almighty Bobby Lashley, the current Intercontinental Champion. Bobby Lashley is never seen without his life mouth mouthpiece the man of the hour leo rush but how would you describe bobby lashley other than the largest man i've ever seen in person total hunk oh he's a hunk is he of course he's a hunk my goodness this is a proper hunk versus hunk match this is a game changer right here there's gonna be so many abs in that that match Mm. it's gonna be ridiculous i mean i think bobby lashley and finn balor for those who are watching for a first time, may actually fit into the mold of what you think wrestlers will look like. Yeah. Total ripped hunks. In little black pants. In little black pants. (laughs) That's what I think most people think wrestling is. Potentially not happening, but advertised on the show, is Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. Rey Mysterio, one of the all-time great luchadors, he kind of embodies that Mexican wrestling style tradition. He's got the luchador mask and whatnot. He's a high flyer. He's really exciting to watch. He's a short guy, but he bounces off those ropes and he moves like nobody else, even at the age he's at now. However, he has recently withstood an injury. And uh, unfortunately in wrestling, it means there's a little bit of a question mark right now he may well muscle through this injury. Which, after the recent stuff about, you know, wrestlers not having uh, health insurance and stuff, links me a little bit worried. But this is WrestleMania, where passion takes, you know, it's front and centre stage. And I hope, for his sake, that everything is... Because I'll be watching this one going, Oh, Ray, if he is wrestling. That's, that's the problem about getting too involved with wrestling. See, selfishly, I hope he doesn't wrestle if he's injured. But I completely understand the appeal of a WrestleMania paycheck. Yeah, it is, it's the biggest paycheck of the year. But the man he's taking on is one of our absolute favourites here in How To Wrestling, a man we did an episode on very early into the run of this podcast. It's Samoa Joe making his WrestleMania debut. God, is this really his WrestleMania debut? Yeah, he didn't wrestle at rest- last year's WrestleMania. He's- Mad to think that Samoa Joe only now is being on WrestleMania. I know, it's crazy. Wow. Wow, he's so good. He is. I mean, how would you describe Joe for for the non-fan? Well, he's terrifying. He'll steal your wife and family. <laughs> I mean, he's all about emotional warfare, yeah. he's Samoa Joe. And Rey Mysterio's teenage son, Dominic, is part of this storyline. I think he's going to steal his son. He's either going to steal his son... Oh, Dominic, it's for a second. He's already been kidnapped as a child. Yeah, this child has unfortunately had a bit of a sketchy history at wrestling as it relates to being kidnapped and taken away from his actual dad. So, yeah, this may end up with... A father being choked out in front of his crying son, a son being choked out in front of his crying father, or a son being taken away by a new father. All I can say is that Samoa Joe, he's like a legit Street Fighter character. He's all about facial expressions, heavy hitting, fast moving, crazy submissions, always entertaining to watch. Also on the card, we have got 
fatal four-way tag team match for the Women's Tag Team Championship. So women finally have tag belts in wrestling, which has not happened since the very, very early 80s. Wow. I know, to think. So it's really great to see. We've got the Boston Hug Connection, which is Bailey and Sasha Banks, taking on Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Beth Phoenix is a former champion. She's been retired for a few years. She's coming out of retirement for this match, which is really cool. Taking on one of our favorite teams, the Iconics, and Nia Jax and Tamina. So Bailey and Sasha Banks are meant to be kind of like a bit of an oddball best friend type team where Sasha, she's the boss. She's kind of sophisticated, classy, cool. She's got a kind of a Nicki Minaj quality, except she doesn't say hateful shit every second week. And then you got Bailey who loves hugs. So you've got this kind of real oddball pairing. How would you describe the Iconics? Oh, well, they're Australian BFFs. B B B B B B B B B B F Fs. F F F F F F F. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. They absolutely love each other. They are like it's the best of friends. I don't know how to describe them. You're making them seem like the nicest people ever. No, they're not. They're villains. Yeah, like they they love each other. They're really loyal. They're They're also the most obnoxious, grating, horrible, mean spirited bullies. They are everything. Like they've managed to kind of like just pull in every little annoying thing you hate about Instagrammers, beauty bloggers, influencers, YouTube stars. Hey guys, they're that phrase made into a heel wrestling tag team. (laughs) And I love it because people hate the Iconics so much. They get so wound up by them because they always just do these long kind of promos and stuff like that. Uh, How would you describe Nia Jax and Tamina? Nia Jax and Tamina are two very big powerful strong women who like to wear a lot of leather and st- st- studded leather they're both mean they've got mad max quality to them at times i think oh yeah that's that's accurate yeah um they will beat you up yeah they're like they're the the kind of powerhouse team essentially yeah absolutely yeah Nia Jax, of course, made some headlines when she entered into the Men's Royal Rumble in January. Of course. So, God, that seems like a lifetime it ago. It really does. So, yeah, this will be a very exciting match because, you know, you get the Women's Tag Team Championships. They've only been introduced in the last, like, two months. So this hopefully will get a lot of focus and a bit of time and they can tell a story with, you know, you've got some very, very well-experienced veteran teams in here. But for, you know, the Iconics, this is their first WrestleMania. And Nia Jax and Tamina, it's their first WrestleMania as a tag team. It will be interesting to see what sort of match gets put together. I'm really excited to see what happens. Also on the card, one which I'm very excited for. As AJ Styles takes on Randy Orton, this is a fight which started out over these two men having very different paths into the WWE. How would you describe Randy Orton, Joe? <laughs> well, his dad was a very famous wrestler. His granddad was also a very yeah. famous wrestler. Randy Orton is nepotism in the form of a human being. <laughs> he's, he's fine at wrestling. He's all right. But most importantly, he is not—he is an obnoxious, arrogant, nasty heel of a man. Yeah, I mean, Randy can be great, but he very rarely opts to be great. Yeah, which is kind of like, that's what really makes me like him. Yeah, is that he, he, he works smart, not hard yeah. with Randy. <laughs> He's lazy. And I'm, I kind of like that about, that's like the one thing I like about Randy Orton. Yeah, his character is kind of like, his real life kind of, you know, the fact that he, he he got a job because he had a lot of connections and whatnot. And his real life story and his kayfabe story, whereas, you know, his kayfabe is, is wrestling storyline characters that he's always had kind of groups of people to kind of help him or lackeys or henchmen. He's a history of always betraying people. It's kind of merged these two things together to make a really kind of interesting character who now you have it out front and center against someone like AJ Styles. And AJ, he came up through the independence scene. So you've got one wrestler who's bred for success, the WWE mold of a wrestler. Randy Orton was a world champion by the time he was 22. Which That's is so young. Fucking insane. AJ Styles only got into the WWE near his 40th birthday after around 20 years of blood, sweat and tears wrestling everywhere from TNA to Japan. And in between every single shot of that, he was wrestling in small, you know, high school gymnasiums and armories and bingo halls. So you've got kind of like a clash here of a wrestler's wrestler and WWE's version of a wrestler, which is really, really exciting. I mean, this one's going to be, I think, the show stealer in my mind. Do you think? Yeah, because 
you know what, Randy Orton, he can do some pretty fabulous stuff in the wrestling ring. When he is motivated, when he's in there with someone who he thinks he might have a little something to prove with. And I'm talking, this isn't a character, this is legitimate Randy Orton IRL I'm talking about. And I think AJ Styles wants to always steal the show no matter what. And he's just signed a new contract and I think he wants to prove that he's worth the money that they're going to be paying him. So It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, next match which we get to talk about, and one which we're very invested in, it's all the for the battle of an absent father's love, as The Miz takes on Shane McMahon, son of Vince McMahon, in a False Count Anywhere match. What does a False Count Anywhere match mean, Joe? Basically means that you can pin your opponent literally anywhere. It can be inside the ring, it can be outside the ring... Those are the two variants. <laughs> and in the past, False Count Anywhere matches have ended up in anywhere from the Mississippi River uh, what? to a stable, all sorts. I think they don't use False Count Anywhere very often. And I think if they're using it at WrestleMania, particularly with Shane McMahon, who, as the boss's son, is going to get a profile, highly featured match always at WrestleMania. I think we're going to see a lot of silliness in this one, like a lot of roaming. Do you think we're going to get to see a Shane leap Absolutely. So, again, new fans, Shane McMahon, famously, every WrestleMania he's in, he does a big leap from a tall thing. Yeah, he will fall off something very, very high. And usually Shane McMahon is the good guy in most of these feuds, but this time Shane has turned heel. What is the storyline here between The Miz and Shane McMahon? Why are these two decided to wrestle anywhere they can this Sunday at WrestleMania? Well, it all started back when Shane McMahon was named the best wrestler in the world. (laughs) Ah, yes. And him and The Miz teamed up for a while as tag teams. They both bonded because they both had slightly absent, slightly unloving father. Figures. Fathers who would never say, I'm proud of you, or the type of fathers who would say, I love yeah, but not I love you. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. Just like in Fraser, like. And so they, they bonded together. The Miz wanted to impress Shane. He wanted both of them to have much better, healthier relationships with their father. And then last month at Fast Lane, the Miz's father came along to watch him wrestle with Shane. Yay! And sadly, they lost. The Miz cost them their opportunity, and Shane just turned on him. Yeah, he beat up The Miz in front of his dad, and then he grabbed Miz's dad by his, and I quote, big potato face. Aww. And Miz's dad is, I'll say is, if you could, like, get all the energy of dads in the world, and, like, let's just, like, kind of have all the energy of dads and what they encompass... It is represented in the Miz's dad. Mm. He's kind of awkward shaped. He's got a haircut from far too long ago. He like <laughs> him being there made me feel embarrassed for the Miz immediately. Aww. He's that kind of a dad, and also the fact that he's always trying to win his father's approval. It's just like, oh my god, this is a real like a tearjerker. This one in some respects because the Miz has always been a bit of a. He's been a bad guy for his entire career, pretty much. But now we're cheering for The Miz. We're cheering for The Miz. The Miz's partner, Maurice, is newly pregnant. And they've already got a lovely baby daughter. And what's really nice about this storyline is, as you say, The Miz has been trying to get his dad to be proud of him for so long. And now you've got a face, The Miz, who's saying on national television to his wife and kid, to his pregnant wife and kid, I'm so proud of you I love you and saying all the things to them that he wishes his dad would say to him he is being his best version of himself I love it and yeah there's a lot of matches here on the Wrestlemania card where the story is maybe secondary or it's wafer thin like I mean the story for why do Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley want to fight each other because one has the belt and the other one wants it same for Rey Mysterio you know a lot, a lot of that is, is is encompassed in these feuds but this feud is actually really really like personal I think they've managed to pull it off a tricky issue like you know, my dad doesn't love me enough. And, you know, that's that's not the easiest thing to tell through the medium of men in pants half-naked fighting each other. <laughs> and they've done an excellent job of it. Second to last match we're going to talk about here. And it's a farewell match. A retirement match for the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle as he takes on... Everyone stop booing. Please stop. I can't hear myself. Baron Corbin in his last ever match at WrestleMania. Joe, you said to me in the past that Kurt Angle is your favourite wrestler. Mm. Why did Kurt endear himself to you so much? Well, it's more classic era, Kurt Angle. I think Kurt here, it should be worth bearing in mind, as it's his retirement match, is very obviously in a lot of pain and is not the Kurt of old. Yeah. So we originally did an episode on Kurt Angle, which you can find on our website, www.howtowrestling.com forward slash episodes. 
And Kurt Angle, he's a master of comedy when he gets given the opportunity. He originally came into the WWE as as an Olympic gold medalist. And that's real. That's not a storyline. He's in 1986. He won the Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. That's true as well. And just what I loved about that was that he came in as a as a heel. He's a bad guy, and he was so funny and such a great wrestler, and just my all time favorite. But he came back in recent years, and he's obviously a lot older. He's in a lot of pain now. He had a very bad painkiller addiction, which he's clean now for many years, but it's obvious that was not like a, hey, I think it'd be really cool if I take painkillers. Mm. It was very much a, so I can perform at the level that I want to be able to perform at, I need to manage this pain. And it's yeah. really sad to see it kind of catch up with him now almost. And I think it's right that he's retiring. I think it's it's time for him. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited for Baron Corbin, who is one of my new favourite wrestlers. <laughs> and, <laughs> but also feel that as much as I love Baron, I don't feel he's the right final opponent for someone of Kurt Angle's ilk. Yeah, I mean, this might be a strange one if you're watching for the first time, you're showing it to someone for the first time, because wrestling does this thing where they will position someone who's a legend or someone who's coming back for one last match or whatever. They don't want to be like, tell you like, oh, don't expect a great match. But, you know, Kurt's not going to be able to do the 20-minute match of old. He's not going to be able to do the fast pace of old. This is almost more of a symbolic thing that at WrestleMania, Kurt Angle can say goodbye and have his last match. People are taking umbrage with that. It is Baron Corbin. And Baron Corbin is a great bad guy. But he's not a great wrestler. I mean... He's not. And I love Baron Corbin. Not a great wrestler. He's a great bad guy. Yes. And I think when people are thinking about a last ever match for someone, you look at like in wrestling's history when someone has had like a, you know, ahead of time you know it's their last match. Usually it's someone who they have a lot of history with or someone who it's like we need to maybe come full circle. And there's a lot of potential opponents like John Cena, for instance, or even Samoa Joe, who people were floating around thinking, well, that would be a better end than just the baddie who people don't like. Mm. I don't expect a long match from this one. But I don't be won't be very surprised that if there's not a few tears shed in our viewing party when Kurt Angle has to say goodbye. Because it's been a long career. It's nearly been 20 years since Kurt Angle debuted, which makes me feel old as fuck. So I think it's right that Kurt goes off into the sunset on his terms. Do you think people will still chant, you suck? Yes, but it's a chant of love. Yeah, that might be confusing for folks if they're like, oh, we're talking about this last match of our match, this great legend. You suck. You suck, man, yeah. <laughs> you shit, you shit, man. <laughs> It's a loving chant. Yes, they used to chant to that Kurt when he was a bad guy and it would get under his skin and he would go like, really angry about it and over the top. And now it's kind of like, oh, we say it because we love you. And you know, he'll point at the other person implying that we're all saying it together at my opponent, Baron Corbin, but you sucker. <laughs> <laughs> One which may have the most crossed appeal outside of uh, Ronda Rousey into the mainstream as Triple H takes on Drax the Destroyer in a Guardians of the Galaxy rules match. If Triple H wins, James Gunn is not allowed to come back to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3 (laughs) and the whole MCU Phase 4 is out of kilter. (laughs) So Batista's come back. Batista, who has made a very big name for himself in Hollywood. I would argue he's made a bigger name for himself in Hollywood than he... He's a bigger star in Hollywood than he was even in wrestling. Because he was the star in wrestling when wrestling was maybe not as mainstream as it is currently. Coming back for this one last match, he said he's wanted to wrestle Triple H for a long, long time. And the feud of it basically is, is that Batista and Triple H used to be teammates way back in 2003 and four. And, you know, when Batista first became a star, he did it by being a good guy and beating up the bad guy, Triple H. And now all the years have passed and Davis went off to become a big Hollywood celebrity and star. He feels kind of entitled, like he should be able to come back and have the match he wants. And he wants to end Triple H's career because Triple H, he thinks, always took him for granted and tried to hold him down. And that's an interesting story from Batista's side. However, Triple H is the other side of this. And Triple H, I mean, how would you describe his character for this feud? That's complicated, isn't it? Man in a jacket. (laughs) So Triple H is the owner of NXT... He's the chief. He's the chief operating officer of the WWE as well. Yeah, and he's married to Stephanie McMahon, the chief brand officer of brand WWE, and daughter of the chairman Vince McMahon. But he's also Triple H. 
character within the world of wrestling and has mm. been for 20 years so he's a bad guy no he's a good guy in he's this he's a good match, guy in this which one blew my mind because he never seems like a good guy ever and even in this i don't i i can't buy him as a face yeah i mean he's just kind of his side of the story is that he makes fun of of batista because batista quit wrestling like in in story like ha, you, quit. you quit wrestling to become a very ex- to become an extremely successful character actor just like you always wanted yeah and i mean like i i'm not gonna say that triple h doesn't come across like he's bitter and all that but when he's like kind of what are you gonna do dave go and film guardians of the galaxy 3 yeah yeah it'll be really successful and people will talk about how great drax was yeah probably (laughs) film some other interesting roles as well make lots of nice money i do like that they've kind of built this around like that batista just gets what he wants because he's the big star and he's like give me what i want okay james gunn is back as director (laughs) give me what i want okay triple h's career is on the line so if triple h loses this match he'll never be allowed to wrestle again so triple h is gonna win then pretty much a guarantee i hate about matches like this is when it's when the rules are set up in such a harsh way is so inflexible that of mm. course you know the outcome oh you ever know Triple H could be signing on don't want to wrestle anymore that's it I've That'd had be my great. last match I hope that happens because I don't think he should be wrestling anymore I think he's a boring character if you hear a massive cheer coming from Chester at around 5 in the morning <laughs> on Sunday that will be Joe Grang going yes Triple H is gone forever and very, very finally, almost forgot about this one, but it wouldn't be WrestleMania without the Conqueror, the Beast, the scariest man ever to step foot in wrestling, one of the most distressing individuals in the history of WWE. Brock Lesnar defends his championship against Seth freaking Rollins. Seth Rollins, who is a perennial favourite of yours, I'm sure, Joe, but you're not excited about this match for the Universal Championship. Nope. Why is it that you're not excited? What can fans expect from Brock and Seth here? Oh, I feel bad because I'm going to like ruin this for new fans then. It's just like I'll, spoilers. I'll put it over. I'll, okay, I'll try okay. and put it over. Okay. Well, basically every Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania goes like this. It's like, oh, Brock Lesnar, his contract's nearly up. Oh, maybe he'll finally leave like he always says he wants to leave and become an MMA fighter or go and retire into a mountain somewhere in North America. Or, you know, maybe for once, actually, he'll lose. And it just never happens. Instead, it's always the same match. It, he will do 10 F5s over and over and over again. That's um, his finisher move. That's his finisher, yeah. It's basically a big suplex. And then he'll he'll win. That's the kind of an issue with, with WrestleMania, is that WrestleMania has always been pitched as kind of like, at least amongst wrestling fans, it's like the season finale, you know? And like with the Game of Thrones or like Westworld or something like that, if we come to a season finale, we expect... Being a bit of conclusion. By all means, set up something new, but some of this big story should conclude. And when you spend a whole year building up this guy, Brock Lesnar, you know, because Brock is a part-time performer in real life, the storyline is that Brock is like a bit of a mercenary. He has this championship and he only shows up when he wants to because he's the first wrestler to ever figure out that he has value and can do what he wants. And when you have three or four instances when the good guy is finally going to do it, Roman's finally going to do it, and then... No, he doesn't. He just loses. Mm-hmm. Or like, Finn Balor's finally... And then he just loses. Mm-hmm. And this has been happening, I'm pretty sure, since you started this podcast, like yep. three or four years ago, every time it's Brock, it's like, it's finally going to happen. But I, Kevin, the 20-year wrestling fan who has no sense, is here to tell you that finally, it may almost definitely, probably, nope. might happen Mm-mm. that Seth Rollins, who slayed the King of Kings last year, will accept the mantle of Beast Slayer and will win where his Shield compatriots, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, have fallen short because Seth Rollins has been on a two-year journey to reclaim himself as being a grown-up, a better version of himself, and it's all going to come to a head when he burns it down in Suplex City. Oh, he's going to fucking lose, isn't he? He's going to lose. Oh, no! no oh no oh no so yeah that's for our universal championship and as we mentioned before ronda charlotte and becky lynch if you want to give a little bit of a taste to your friends of why they should get excited show them the crazy wild ass brawl with these three women involving handcuffs and cars you know it's good when you take away from the end of an episode of Raws. imagine what it'll be like when they're not handcuffed <laughs> it's very exciting I'm, I'm i'm really hyped for this year's wrestlemania i think it's gonna be a really good show and of course as well wrestlemania weekend always has lots of other garnish 
furnishings around it. There's going to be a Ring of Honor G1 Supercard from Madison Square Garden if you want to check out some of the other products from maybe Japan and from the Indies in the United States. And as well, NXT, which we've mentioned a few times here. It's the developmental brand. If you want to see who the stars of tomorrow are going to be, and maybe watch a show that's like two and a half hours of great wrestling as opposed to seven and a half hours where there might be two and a half hours of great wrestling within it. Saturday night beforehand is when you've got TakeOver and definitely worth a watch to whet your appetite. There's a lot of great wrestling. Pace yourselves and remember what Uncle Kevin and Auntie Joe have told you about how to look after yourselves, all right? And if you need some high-fiber snack suggestions, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Are you excited for WrestleMania? Yeah, like I said, I'm really excited. Are you? Yes, I'm very, very excited. I'm also really excited because it's the first year that I'm doing WrestleMania where I'm not hosting. So you don't have to cook? I don't have to cook. I might ask that you cook us some chickpeas beforehand <laughs> so we can bring them with us. I'll do some extra cooking on the Saturday, I think. I'll cook for takeover. How about that, hey. like... We'll roast a bird, sure. Well, I hope you found this enlightening and helpful. If at least some of this advice can help you and your WrestleMania party and your non-fans or new fans or Fairweather lapsed fans get a bit acquainted with the storylines, let us know what you think and follow along with us because we'll be tweeting live with WrestleMania using the hashtag WrestleMania at our account, HowToWrestling. Give us a follow. And if you want to learn more about WrestleMania or any topics or any of the characters we've been talking about, head over to HowToWrestling wrestling.com for full episodes from us about any of those topics and as well if you want to hear all of our thoughts on wrestlemania or full in-depth review will be available along with over 55 other in-depth reviews all of those bonus episodes are available at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling become a five dollar backer support the show help us out and get access to all that great bonus content and hear all our thoughts on wrestling shows past and present until next time it's going to be a goodbye from me kevin and a goodbye from me joe we hope you have a fabulous time at wrestlemania and we'll see you after it see ya